The Diesel Performance Podcast contains explicit language. Thank you for joining us again. This is Paul Wilson. And I'm Danny Boss. And you're listening to the Diesel Performance Podcast. Uh, some great previous shows here. Truck Buyer's Guide 2.0. A lot of stuff. Wow, that one is blown up, Danny. People actually cared what you had to say. I'll tell you, I, when you spend that much time in the industry, you have a lot of little pointers that you like to try to give people so they don't make the same mistakes as other people that I've seen. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then, of course, just last week, we finally got to publish 750 horsepower with $30,000 Duramax versus Power Stroke versus Cummins, the budget build episode. Uh, great job, Danny. Great hey, job. I, that was awesome. I had way too much fun with that episode, and I think I spent a little too much time on it as well. Yeah, I would say the book of Danny there on the Cummins bill definitely blew uh, Tim and Nick away. They they really did, were not expecting you to be that well prepared. You know, after doing that show, I really wanted to do that to that truck. Yeah. Oh, my <laughs> God. I, well, you did go out and waste somebody's time looking at it and trying to sell a truck you didn't own, so... I really appreciate those things. That always makes me smile. I did that for our listeners. <laughs> That's right. For the listeners. This week, I am really excited. We can finally introduce Mr. Jones, KJ, from the editor of Diesel Power. How's it going today, sir? Going well. Well, everything is good on this side. I'm out in, not, not too sunny today, California, but I'm in California and uh, very happy to be with you guys. Uh, you know, we always start our guest off with the, the number one question. How did you get your start in diesel? Uh, it's an interesting question. Um, I guess uh, I'm still working on, on becoming a quote-unquote diesel guy, um, but I guess the start dates back to being being a kid, you know, and, and, and being interested in, in trucks and, and big trucks. Uh, my uncle was an independent truck driver, and my best friend's dad also is an independent truck driver, so being around their rigs and, and, and the trucking industry and business, um, at one point I aspired to do the same thing, actually. So, you know, with what uh, motivated those rigs, the, the cats and, um, <clears throat> excuse me, the uh, Cummins engines, the bigger Cummins engines and stuff, it's like, well, you know, it's a pretty cool power plant and it really moves a lot of, it is capable of moving a lot of weight. So I had that interest there. That's kind of my start. But I guess the official start as an owner and, and really being involved with it it's just as recent as 2005. That's when I got my first diesel um, pickup. It's the pickup I currently own. So that's what uh, dropped me in with both feet. It's what 05, is it? Yeah, 05 Cummins or Duramax? <laughs> no, no, it's a, it's a 95. It's a 95, 95. Ford F-350 with a 7.3. Oh! You're in Paul's, Paul's world. You guys are like <laughs> brothers for another mother. <laughs> um, okay, mine was extended cab, long bed, gear jammer. What What do you have? Mine is the uh, opposite end of the spectrum. Um, it's, a, it's a crew cab, dually, uh, automatic, and it's beat on. I, I, I can't go there. <laughs> I bought it, from, <laughs> bought it from the original owner um, in 2005 with 86,000 original miles on it and um, documentation for every oil change battery, you know, injector service, whatever have you. It's just really a cream puff of a truck um, that I got, you know, on a what's considered a killer deal and all that kind of thing. And then it, it, it took owning or buying that truck for me to find out or learn that, you know, oh, my gosh, dude, you know, this is something. You just keep this thing. They run forever. I really I wasn't even aware of the 7.3 Power Stroke being, you know, such a 
such a workhorse and, a, and an unstoppable engine until I actually got one. But my truck is, um, it's, it's really clean. Um, you know, I, it's kind of rough to talk about your own stuff like that, but it's nice. A lot of people like it, let's put it that way. A lot of people have to don't want to sell it. <laughs> well, you should enter it in the diesel power challenge. <laughs> it would be neat, but uh, I don't know if, as, as diesel power challenge goes, you know, the the seven three would have to have a lot a lot more done to it to keep up with, you know, what, what the engines and, and stuff that people are bringing to that table. It would basically be a huge investment, I think, to make a, a 7.3 liter Ford, you know, competitive, if you will, in the diesel power challenge. Was there a time for the challenge that 7.3s were competitive? Or I, I guess I... I don't know the whole history. Can you give us a little bit of a background on the diesel power challenge itself? Well, I'm not immersed in the history because I've only been with diesel power for, for going on three years now. But, um, yes, I believe it. At, at one point there was, uh, there was seven, three, um, four, seven, three liter Fords involved with diesel power challenge. And, you know, their, their level of competitiveness, I'm not, you know, familiar with like, oh, XYZ did this with a seven, three. I, gotcha. I, I don't know that, you know. Okay. But, um, you know, as, as time as time goes on, you know, of course, they had their place in their time, and, and uh, that was the engine to have, and Diesel Power Challenge was going on, so sure, it was competitive. Gotcha. Okay. Well, as soon as we get back from a quick commercial break, we're going to ask you more about what you do on your side to prepare for that challenge getting started every year. Hi, this is Nick with Calibrated Power Solutions. We're breaking new ground in the turbocharger market with our Stealth Series. The Stealth 64 is a perfect replacement for any stock turbocharger on any year Duramax. The 64mm compressor wheel adds at least 80 rear wheel horsepower on a stock fuel system while maintaining stock drivability and excellent spool up. The Stealth 64 also helps maintain lower EGTs under heavy loads, especially useful for you guys pulling. If you're looking to upgrade or replace your stock turbocharger, Check out the Stealth 64, perfect balance between power and drivability in a drop-in, stock-appearing turbocharger. For more information, check out DuramaxTuner.com or give us a call at the office at 815-568-7920. And right. we're back. And we're back, absolutely. So I had said that we're going to ask you more about the preparation, and we've interviewed a lot of racers and a lot of sled pullers and a lot of guys who are in competition. They always say the number one thing for preparation is focus. They, they like to clear their mind. They like to repeat what they do every single time they come up to the line to compete. But for you guys putting on the challenge, that can't be the same thing. So what do you have to do to prepare for the Diesel Power Challenge every year? Well, Diesel Power Challenge, uh, this was my second. Uh, this year's event was my second. And my first really jumped on me right after I got the job as editor of Diesel Power. So this was really my first year of being, I guess, fully immersed uh, with Diesel Power Challenge and kind of, you know, making it, making it our group's own under my direction. Um, and preparation for this year's event started pretty much the day we got back from Denver after Diesel Power Challenge 2015. Um, there are a lot of logistics that I guess, uh, you know, people that read the magazine aren't familiar with and, and even the competitors aren't familiar with, but a lot goes into getting that event together from a logistics and equipment standpoint just you know making sure that we have our same um alliances with with the hotel our host hotel that we've had for many years and and adams county fairgrounds where we have the sled pull and the great people at Bannemere speedway who've worked with us for so long you know those things aren't automatic and honestly despite you know there being a whole year away from an event you have to get after things right away to make sure that things are in place and, and, and ready to go when you're ready to throw your event. 
contracts getting signed and that kind of stuff, you know? Yeah, and guys like me, we want to know. I, I want to get into the Diesel Power Challenge maybe one day and maybe do a really cool event like you guys hold. But as far as voting, how can I get voted in? How do I first initially get my name registered to even get on the voting docket? To get it, to be considered, your first move is to uh, clip the the um, entry form, which is currently um, in our November 2016 issue. It's our November 2016 issue is our "quote unquote" diesel power challenge issue. It's a recap of the event itself, and the last page of that uh, that story of that that coverage is the 2017 diesel power challenge entry form. Um, what you do is you clip that out and fill it out and, and hard mail it to us with a photo of, the, of your truck, of the truck or vehicle. Or um, we do accept uh, scans or photos of the application included um, with, with, with JPEG images of the truck or vehicle being entered. So the best bet is to, to go after that right away and actually the um, close of voting is October 31st. So only have a, a few days left. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. So what kind of, what things really stand out in the voting? Because not everybody who submits an application gets picked to be voted on, correct? That's correct. Um, standouts is, is really how the owner presents his or her vehicle. Um, thorough is, is, is the best plan. Be as thorough as possible when you're submitting the entry as far as you know, way. I mean, down to the wheels, actually. You know, and of course, the turbos and the fuel system and the uh, the differential gears and the transmission and all of the, the um, extensive hard parts, you know, that help performance. But also, you know, whatever not so, not so um, critical information so that when we look at the photo, we can really analyze the truck or the, you know, the vehicle. I say the vehicle because, I mean, at some point, Maybe there'll be someone with a car with a diesel in it that can enter Diesel Power Challenge. I mean, I'd say that very loosely, but, you know, it is Diesel Power Challenge, so it's, it is a vehicle thing slash it really is, you know, it has been over years a truck thing. But, you know, anyway, um, just making sure that you're as detailed as possible in, in your presentation of information and a good, clear photo so that we can take a look at everything and say, you know what, this represents the type of truck that... Um, Diesel Power, Diesel Power Magazine kind of covers and, and the owner and the modifications and stuff, and, and then we go from there. Can we get Nathan Mueller in the Diesel Power Challenge with his Duramax Camaro? Is that what you're saying? Can we get the Duramax Camaro in the Diesel Power Challenge? I'm sure he'd hey, take man. the trunk lid off so he could sled pull. Oh, he would do that. <laughs> <laughs> I know I know he's got guy. a tow hook on it. Yeah, you guys have interviewed him, haven't you? Who's on the cover, we haven't. Well, we haven't interviewed him, uh, per se. We, we did an extensive feature on uh, both of his diesel converted cars, the Camaro and the Charger. Uh, so the cover of our August 16th issue, uh, August 2016, I'm sorry, our August 2016 issue um, featured both of his vehicles on the cover of the magazine. And that's some, somewhat of a landmark move um, to that point or to that date. There had never been a, a car you will, as the lead image or the main image on the cover of Diesel Power. So, you know, with his unique projects, I thought that it would be pretty cool to, to present them in the fashion that we did with the um, kind of seeing through the hoods. The image is pretty killer. I don't know if you saw that. Oh, yeah. The cover, that, the cover, but I did, It's for really sure. pretty yeah. slick, and it's, and it's kind of uh, something I'm proud of because, 
you know, through the 10-year history of Diesel Power Magazine, there had not been a car on the cover. And I figured, you know, this is this is diesel performance here, and this is kind of modern-day performance. It's taking two of the, uh, you know, popular car platforms and throwing um, um, brand-correct diesel engines in them. I thought that was really a cool deal, and the way he executed it was awesome. I don't want to take any credit for that, but Paul and I did have him on our podcast, and we kind of got him to blow up a little bit. So I was just joking with Nathan uh, recently and said, yeah, look what happened. You go on our show, you go and get into Motor Trend, you get in Diesel Power, and now you're some big star. That's right. If you follow <laughs> politics, you know what the Colbert bump is. This is officially the, the Danny and Paul podcast bump. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I got you. <laughs> okay. How have you seen the trucks change um, in the last two years here that you're looking at? So what's different about the trucks every year? You know, what is it always more horsepower? Is that it? Just whatever we hit last year, we know we're going to see more next year. That's, um, that's part of it. Um, the horsepower, the torque, of course, and just the setups, you know, there's last year we had, uh, Jared, uh, Jared Rice, who, who was a dually in the competition this year, no duallys. this year, all four wheel, no two wheel trucks. You know, it's, it's kind of a, a really, um, broad dynamic that way um as far as how how things change in the two years that i've seen you know gotcha gotcha okay tell us a little bit about the media coverage what do you guys do for media coverage uh, besides just the article in the magazine or the i'm sorry i say the article it's the whole issue i know that right well we do the, the we do the issue and there are several issues that lead up to um that main issue basically the the um selection issue or the voting issue, if you will, includes all of the trucks that we have selected for the readers to vote on. So that, in a sense, is, is coverage related to diesel powered challenge. And then um, the uh, voting issue, which was our uh, October issue this year, October 16, uh, that includes pretty much little features on all of the trucks that were selected, like kind of mini features about the, the, the trucks that the readers voted in. So that's another issue that's kind of associated with Diesel Power Challenge. And then the event issue itself. And beyond that, uh, currently this week, uh, we're running, or the Motor Trend channel on YouTube, the Motor Trend YouTube channel is running Diesel Power Challenge Week videos, a, a recap, a video recap of the entire week and all the action that went on. This is uh, a change from the past where a Diesel Power Challenge video was sold, or so I think there were a couple of uh, two two DVD sets or whatever. But um, this year we're putting we put together five in- individual videos that are running on the Motor Trend YouTube channel, um, and they'll be there for infinity, I would imagine, for people to go back and, and check out. And, and they've been doing very well this week, actually. That's awesome. DPC takeover on Motor Trend. <laughs> TiVo that, Paul. <laughs> I got to say, a lot of guys get a great start in the diesel industry by winning or competing in the Diesel Power Challenge. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I just think it's unbelievable that if you even are involved with it and you're a diesel nut and maybe you own a shop, it just helps your business grow so much. Yes, I've heard of that. I'm familiar with that just, just through the the history that I do know, you have guys like Wesley Beach and, of course, you know, LeVon Miller, who's won it twice, and, and several other people who have, have uh, um, gosh, I'm forgetting his name. No, Dimitri. Uh, Dimitri, I think he had a shot. But, you know, just being involved with Diesel Power, Diesel Power Challenge helps elevate uh, elevate your business game, if you will, if you do, yeah. you know, very well and if you're successful. So that is very true. 
Yeah, it definitely helps uh, celebritize somebody as far as when they win. But when somebody uh, wins the event, what do they actually win? Do they win a check, a sponsorship? What are some of the things they benefit? The benefit of winning is, is I would I would say among um, your peers in the in the industry and in the hobby, you're you're definitely looked up to. From us, from Diesel Power, you win a really big trophy. Um, it's a cup. It's a very big cup. It's a nice silver cup. That beyond that, there's no uh, you know no monetary reward from from Diesel Power. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, there's the, a very big banner that people hang up in their shop and garage and such, but there's no monetary reward from it. So it's really, at the end of the day, a, a, a big pride thing. You know, if you can uh, do well at Diesel Power Challenge and come in and, and knock down nine uh, competitive, uh, you know, uh, contemporary competitors, if you will, somebody, someone in your same group or supposedly are coming in at your same level and beat them, that says a lot about, you know, what you've done as far as building a truck and, putting together a good program that can win. Absolutely, yeah. Fuck money, Danny. It's about fame. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay. Um, you know, one thing that's impacted everybody in the diesel industry over the last few years here has been the EPA. What kind of changes have you seen due, due to the new EPA restrictions? Well, we haven't implemented any changes across Diesel Power Challenge based on the EPA. Um, we're concerned about the things that we see are happening and the things that I anticipate could happen, you know, throughout, across the, across the industry. It's a big concern because at the end of the day, guys, you know, you have to understand, even for you, it's our livelihood, you know, and there's only so much, um, I guess, skirting, if you will, um, the directives of, of government that we can do without, without being, you know, penalized heavily or whatever have you. So with Diesel Power Challenge, um, thus far, we have not made any type of changes that address or are or, um, centered on um, EPA or, or, you know, components on a truck that can or cannot be there or anything like that. That, unfortunately, became a, a very confused, uh, a confused um, subject at the end of last year's Diesel Power Challenge where I, um, I put together an editorial about just some of my thoughts about EPA and where things are going in the hobby and how we might be able to make some differences with Diesel Power Challenge, how we might be able to, and I really wanted ideas and people's thoughts on things, and that was misconstrued as I'm changing or we're Diesel Power is changing Diesel Power Challenge, and that was not the case. So um, I'm glad I'm, I'm given this opportunity now to make sure that people know who are considering entering that nothing has changed and I'm sure they're watching the videos and have read the articles and see the trucks that competed. We haven't changed anything and right now I'm just interested in finding ways to maybe, you know, keep Diesel Power Challenge what it is and, and continue on but also maybe sidebar into exploring uh, clean diesel performance in some way that it can be um, you know, again, as a sidebar or maybe even a separate uh, a separate event, bring make that competitive. You follow what I'm saying? I, I do, absolutely. You know, we had a similar situation. Uh, recently, we had the clean sweep videos with Danny and Nick talking a lot about the truck and the industry and how we're emissions intact and making, you know, 600-plus horsepower. And, you know, we're sled pulling with a DPF on, which nobody else was doing and things like that. And 
in our video, Nick said we'd love to see a class that required emissions equipment intact. And people lost their goddamn mind, KJ. <laughs> they lost their goddamn mind. They thought that we were saying we were going to change rules. One, we're not a sled pull organization. We can't change the rules. You know, we're, right. we're a competitor like anybody else. But I hear you on how sometimes the thought of it seems so scary that, that people just oh, run with it. So it is great because I had heard rumors that there would be no more – MPG testing, I think that was the big one that I had heard. There would be no more miles per gallon challenge. So the actual event would change because we a lot of the trucks weren't, quote-unquote, legal to drive on the road. That is not true. Right. Say again? I, I said, you're letting us know that is not true. Nothing changed. Right. Nothing changed in that respect. Now, now caveat to that, Paul, is that um, for, for fuel consumption, what we've done last year, I've spent quite a bit of time up at ATSD's performance and um devin and and mark uh two of the guys up in the uh in the race shop uh between the three of us we came up with a way that actually this year proved itself to be very very good as as a, a test and a way to qualify fuel consumption for these trucks that are competing they're keeping them off the street uh one of the things about i guess the denver area that we learned this year was that you know the crackdown is kind of everywhere. And now in Denver, I was told, I was made aware that one of the competitors uh, coming out of the shop late at night or whatever was pulled over or, or says apparently was pulled over and, and warned by a police officer. Now, I wasn't there. I didn't see it, but that's what I was told. And, you know, hey, this thing, I don't know if it's smokes or what, what the issue was, but it's just basically not the type of truck that we want to see on the streets of, of, of Arvada, Colorado, you know. So, that's a, a, a concern that's closing in on us. Um, and for the competition, we developed a way to evaluate fuel consumption through the dyno. The dyno has a program or several different programs that basically simulate a drive, as um, you know, the EPA's dyno would when they're doing um, you know, the, the various smog tests and stuff. It's just basically putting the truck or putting the vehicle through various different load conditions and the driver has to, in a sense, drive on the dyno. So your foot modulation, your pedal modulation, it's up to the driver. It's not being controlled by the dyno. They just have to keep up with the dyno by way of, in a sense, uh, imagine like a bubble and keeping a bubble between two lines. Okay. So so that's, that's the test that we put the competitors up to, and then we just basically measured fuel, the consumed fuel, after um, an 18-minute run. Well, I... I Go ahead. I'm sorry. And it, it, it really, you know, there was skepticism going into it, but after after competitors were able to see it, and then after competitors were able to, to get on the get in their truck and get on the dyno and do it, they're like, okay, I get it, you know. It is sort of like, wow, this is like a really, really high-tech virtual reality video game kind of thing, but then again, it is doing what we intended for it to do. It's measuring fuel consumption. It's a way to measure fuel consumption and also drivability. So that brings the, the street element into it because if you've got a truck that, you know, when you're on a low load or, or, or in a low RPM condition and the engine hucks down to, to shut off, hmm, and you say this thing is drivable, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. Or if you can keep the thing going, if, if it can stay running, it's like, wow, that's pretty impressive. That's a pretty pretty streetable truck with you know despite having a thousand or so horsepower or, or uh, 1500 pounds of torque well i want to say that the mile per gallon event is the one thing that is a thorn in my side for the diesel power challenge i do not like the mile per gallon test 
And if I could just complain and rant here on my soapbox, yeah, I was... who who can, <laughs> you you have a thousand plus horsepower truck? Do you really give a shit about the cost of fuel? Like number one, like are you really the person who cares about fuel? Number two, if you build a truck to a thousand horsepower, you did not do it so you would get the best fuel mileage. You did it so it would make the most power, so it would be on the dyno, so it would slide pull. But none of these trucks care about fuel mileage. Well, none of the trucks owners care about fuel mileage is what you're saying. Right. But uh, but but despite that, the diesel power challenge is an event, and, uh, and understand, you know, it's an event that I've inherited. I did not develop the diesel power challenge, as I understand, it, is an event to measure, you know, the the uh, ability, the overall ability of what we consider, you know, a real world truck, a registered insured truck that 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 drives on the street, that a guy goes to. Home Depot and picks up lumber with, or then you know goes in and 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 hooks up to a sled and pulls it, etc. You know, one of those one of those deals where it's a good enthusiast vehicle versus versus you know the full-on race vehicle or a full-on sled puller uh, or something like that. It's it's something that as enthusiasts, um, you know, we've modified and we've done these things. And horsepower, of course, is the the big diamond. Everybody wants horsepower and torque, and we've made all that horsepower and torque. But the claim is this is still a quote-unquote street truck. I mean, I don't know how familiar you guys are with the car side of it, but that's a huge argument on the car side. Is it street car or is it a race car? Is it a street car or a race car? You know, right. I've noticed that, that that same attitude and same question um, is, is, is widespread in, in, in the diesel and in the pickup scene. So it's really a push, man. It, it's, it's, you know... It's a it's a really really wild push is what it is and our deal is to try to make some type of a definition in it by having diesel power challenge competitors go through this this battery of of tests that includes uh, fuel consumption. Okay, how about spraying nitrous while you're doing the fuel consumption test? Is that Can't allowed? Do it. Can't do it. Now in the past, is it is that true? My understanding is that when they were doing the drive, the actual on the road driving, there was no way to control that, so that wasn't a factor. So guys who were squirting a little bit of nitrous while they're driving and getting off the fuel, we're, we're having largely skewed numbers to favor them. From what I understand, and again, that was before me, but yes, I understand that that may have happened, yes. Okay. I really like to hear that it's, it's now been eliminated. I like the idea of this test, to be honest with you. This test on the dyno in a controlled environment where you can actually see what the drivers are doing, you can actually measure it, that makes a lot of sense to me. That actually brings some legitimacy to the test, I feel. Well, thank you. We, you know, we kind of, we didn't paint over it, but... Uh, when it became clear that, you know, being on the street and, and going that far, I think they were going out like 100 miles or something like that. Right. Um, uh, when it became kind of clear that that was a concern of some, some people that are involved with Diesel Power Challenge, you know, bottom line, some of the people that sponsored the event were concerned about that because, you know, that put focus, that puts focus on those businesses with, you know, banners and stickers and stuff that yeah. say, you know, we're behind this thing. So we had to had to come up with something. And last year's um, fix, I'll admit, wasn't a great one. And I was very disappointed in it, to be quite honest with you. We tried to regulate fuel with gas caps and fill-ups and all that. And it just, it, it worked, but it didn't work. Let's put it that way. So uh, over the course of um, the winter, and that's one of the things when you asked about preparation, Danny, uh, that's something that we set out to make better. And, and up at ATS, uh, we spent a couple of days thinking about it. And then um, 
um, Devin it was said, well, you know, the dyno has this program, and we got on the dyno and ran the truck through it several times and, and realized that there's a, a pretty significant degree of difficulty with it as well. It's, it's, a, it's a challenge, you know, and said, okay, this is what we're going to go with. And again, um, once we started doing it and competitors got in their trucks and did it or they were watching and watching the screen and seeing how that keeping between the lines, keeping the bubble between the lines or whatever, seeing how that wasn't just a piece of cake, it wasn't easy. It, it, you know, it's like, wow, okay, this is official. I was happy. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. What type of advice do you have for somebody who wants to get into the Diesel Power Challenge in 2017? Buy a magazine and clip the back of the coupon. What advice do you have uh, Danny, besides Danny, what Danny, Danny gave you? Danny, Danny pays <laughs> That's right. And fill Danny Voss in there, and I'll send you my, my truck picture so I get all these <laughs> listeners to send mine out and I get a chance. That's what um, I would do. Advice, it's... I think the the best advice, if you're going to, if you're accepted and, and you're voted in the Diesel Power Challenge, I mean, first and foremost, come to win. That's, um, you know, in any competition, that's what I would recommend. That's what I do, you know, when I go racing and, and stuff like that. But um, also, understand that Diesel Power Challenge is, is really um, not just for the truck, you know. You have to have uh, your game ready as far as being a driver, as far as knowing your vehicle and what you put together and knowing what it can do. One of the things um, I'd take myself outside and look in at it, if I had nothing to do with it and I just happened to see Diesel Power Challenge and what the events were, I would say, you know what, if I was going to do this, I would figure out some way to not necessarily get a sled and pull, but, you know, by all means, a trailer, even if it's not loaded with a bobcat on the back of it, just a trailer to practice backing up. And just, uh, you know, things like that, just practice, you know what I'm saying, and if, you, if you get accepted. Because then when you bring it to the event, and, and I'm pretty certain that um, the two-time champion, LeVon Miller, what he did in some of the areas where he could, he practiced. Now, granted, you know, he has access to a dyno, and, of course, he dynos his engine or dynos his engine extensively and such. And um, I don't know if he hooked up to a sled and dragged that, but I do know that he did get a trailer and went out and, and just tooled around with the trailer, driving the thing with the trailer. And, and when he got on that course, he knocked it out, you know? I mean, you definitely can see it in the results. There's no question there. Absolutely. Absolutely. So practice would be, if you can and as you can, practice would be my biggest advice. And also just know that it's a collective, um, a collective evaluation. So... A lot of people, um, I think this is in, as history goes on, even before I got on with Diesel Power, a lot of people um, look at the dyno. You know, the dyno, again, that's the diamond. That's, man, I make XYZ, and my truck makes this kind of power, uh, torque. That's fine. That's beautiful. I enjoy it. I love big steam, man. That's, that's always been my thing. But you have to look at the big picture and how that piece of the competition just garners you points and your 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 objective is to garner the most points by way of all of the events in the competition so keep that focus and not just be about the dyno and how well you do on the dyno and i think just that that open that more of an open mindset will will help somebody do well in this diesel power challenge excellent well that's great advice and speaking of advice let's take in a second to get some from calibrated power Pardon the interruption. This is Nick with Calibrated Power Solutions. If you can appreciate the kind of advice that Paul and Danny are giving uh, 
our listeners on this episode and would appreciate that kind of personalized advice, I would encourage you to check out calibratedpower.com and duramaxtuner.com where you can get a hold of our guys and get that kind of personal attention five days a week, eight hours a day. 815-568-7920. Back to the podcast. KJ, we're back, and I want to talk to you a little bit more about Diesel Power Magazine. So you had mentioned that you've been there for about two years. You took over the reins uh, just a little while ago. Tell us how you got started with the magazine. Well, I got started with the magazine, I guess it's one of those deals um, where, you know, how your parents say things to you and, you know, you're like, yeah, okay, yeah, right, cool. I got you. I got it, right. (laughs) Um, Well, (laughs) long ago, um, one of the things my dad implored and all of us uh, was, you never know who's watching you. You never know who's who's watching what you do. You never know who's looking at you, you know, that kind of thing. And for 10 years, I um, worked with uh, a Mustang magazine within the, the 10 group, 5.0 Mustang and Superforge magazine. I was a senior tech editor, and that magazine was closed. And when the magazine closed down, um, I was rolled into one of the, one of the, the companies, magazine, Mustang magazines that survived uh, the, the cut, if you will, and um, fine, I have a job, and I was very thankful for that. But um, while doing that, <clears throat> pardon me, in a <clears throat> pardon me, in a three month, I guess a three month window, I was approached by uh, the Truck Trend Networks group group uh, director, Sean Holman, approached me and asked me if I would be inter- interested in the editor position at Diesel Power, and it really. Uh, it came from out of nowhere, quite honestly. Um, I was familiar with Diesel Power, and I knew David Kennedy, the past editor, one of the past editors, very well. We were, um, you know, very good, cordial friends and talk about my truck every once in a while, but, you know, it wasn't anything that I kind of aspired to do, but the opportunity came up, and it was an opportunity to lead uh, a very, very big brand, um, you know, in the marketplace and, and within our, our, our company's magazine structure. So, um, just had to go for it, you know, and again, it was really one of those deals where you never know who's, who's watching you or who's looking at you because uh, I think in the 10 years I've been in the company, me and Sean Holman might have might have had 30 words shared between each other. So <laughs> he, he, uh, he uh, recognized or he told me that he recognized, you know, my leadership ability and he recognized um, my skill set as being able to to run a magazine, um, not that I had, I was a senior tech at 5.0, but I worked very closely and I learned, if you will, from my editor, Steve Turner, and it was like kind of learning through osmosis because he never sat me down and said, well, KJ, to be an editor, you do this, that, and the other. I just saw how he manipulated and worked 5.0, we were a very, very good book, and said, well, you know what, Steve did this, Steve did that, Steve did the other. And he did give me opportunities to put together smaller magazines. We had little satellite magazines called FIP, so I produced those, but they weren't, you know, monthly. But basically, that way, uh, through that, I got the chops. <clears throat> pardon me, I'm sorry, guys. The chops to do this. And um, when the opportunity came up through through Sean Holman, just thinking that I could do it, I went for it. That's awesome. Out of all the projects that you've been a part of, and witnessed, and wrote about, and and been around. What what jumps out to you first as far as being your favorite? Hmm. Um, in the diesel space, uh, I really enjoyed. I went out to Tennessee and um, worked with J and K Engines, and they put together a really neat 
uh, 6.3 liter Ford, Stroker Ford, out of a 6 liter. So, given the, uh, you know, all of the, the, the bum rap and et cetera that 6 liters get, uh, to hear that someone was stroking it to 6.3 and how they were doing it with a 6.4 crank, it was something that I was excited about checking out because, you know, in, in this, this atmosphere, <clears throat> excuse me, the new, the new stuff, the tried and true is the tried and true, but when someone is kind of going outside the box, I'm really into that. And as a tech guy and as an engine guy, I thought that would be really bust to, to, to look at. And going and seeing how it was done and just how precise the measurements have to be to make all that stuff work, it was really, really cool. I dug that one. That's awesome. Absolutely. I mean, nothing I would ever do because, you know, it's a six leaker, <laughs> but but I hear you. It's cool. It is cool. You know, when we had Art Martinez and Steven Peters on from PSP Diesel, yeah. and even, even when we have our friend Tim uh, Slater on from Centurion Fleet Services, I would never admit it in front of them, but they do always earn just a little bit of respect from me for Fords every time I talk to those guys. They always have something <laughs> cool or crazy going on. Yeah, so, and I say that not, not as uh, – that doesn't make it my favorite – because it's a Ford, I just thought it was really cool technology. I'm about any kind of diesel, mechanical, or whatever technology that's, that's badass, I'm, I'm into it. And especially in the diesel space, and if I could use this platform to, to kind of shout out to people um, that have shops and that are working with diesels, you know, kind of let us know what you have going on, especially if it's an out, 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 outside-the-box type of thing, and especially if it's in... The cleaner space, you know, this is something that is going to go, is going to happen, or it has to happen as we go forward. And there might be, you know, little micro shops or, or even some of the bigger entities. I know of some of the bigger entities that are working that way, but some of you guys out there that are listening, it's like, yeah, well, we've been trying it, you know, we might not have the horsepower to, to go to the EPA and, and, you know, try to get um, um, the carb stickers and stuff like that, but just making the effort to say, you know what, let's try to make as much steam as possible without, you know, being too pollutant or, or trying to be within compliance of what the, what the government is asking. So if anybody's out there doing that, let us know, and that might be something we want to come check out. You know, it's funny, since Clean Sweep's been out there killing it, um, we've actually heard from a few other guys that I found a 12 Cummins that had still had the emissions equipped that was sled pulling with it. Mm-hmm. I was really right impressed. On. That's cool. That, I mean, it's, yeah. it's cool. At the end of the day, and, and at the end of the day, you know, horsepower and, and torque are what drives us in this hobby. That's that's for yeah. sure, no question. However, um, and I said this to to several other people, and you know, in the industry, I think that if the uh, now stay with me across the board, I think that if the archaic sort of mindset stays intact, this is all going to go away, honestly. A lot of truth there. I mean, pardon me, it's sort of like a a truth stings and a truth hurts type of thing, and I don't wish it on anything, on on any of us. I do not wish for it to happen, but, you know, delete this, delete that, and delete the other and make big steam. Yes, it's, it's tried and true, it's proven. We all know that's the way to do it, but continuing to do it without at least making an effort to try to do it some other way is going to fuck everything up. Well, you, you know, I think that that hits the nail on the head. And to be honest with you, I think a lot of it doesn't even come down to testing. People just know I had one that broke, therefore they're all bad. And there, there's we've talked about it a ton on the podcast. Danny's obviously a big proponent of it as well. 
until you actually test your new theories, your new ideas, until you prove to me that deleting is worth it, there's really no reason to delete. It's not the other way around. And Correct. so that that's really what I, I think we're right on the same page with you. Pretty yeah. excited to see developments, you know, the Colorado coming out with uh, the new L5P yeah. coming out. I'm excited to see what the emissions equipment is on there. I mean, there's all sorts of new stuff that's happening in the diesel marketplace. And I think you're right. I think jumping on what's available, which is emissions equipped performance, just makes a ton of sense. And if anybody has I any questions so. about that. I hope so. I mean, I want to be around for a while. I'm kind of getting into this stuff now. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, being at Calibrator, we're definitely a leader in that. And I can tell you, I've got over two dozen hooks on the clean sweep, and we haven't had to replace any emissions equipment. And we've had that up to 617 horsepower at the rear. Right wheel. on. So it right can be on. done. And that's the thing, Danny. You know, 617 horsepower, and you have your all oh, well, Ah, that's 670 horsepower. You know, like that, like that's nothing. No, that's not true. You know what I mean? That 617 horsepower that can either grow or if it is what it is, you have to fall back and look at how it's being done. I'm sorry, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. KJ, you know, I just had one last round of questions here for you this evening. Um, I know you make it out to a lot of diesel events. I was wondering if you could tell our listeners, what's the craziest thing you've ever seen at a diesel event? <laughs> oh, wow. Um... Well, craziest thing, craziest thing. Well, if I just answer, if I just said shides. <laughs> 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 now, shides, it, uh, shides is, is an awesome event, first of all. It's, it, it, my, last, my first year was last year, and uh, I wrote about it, and it's just a, it's an experience. It's an experience. It's not just a diesel event. It's, an, it's a really, it's, a, it's, a, it's an experience that's just off the hook. But um, I think the shides at night is, it, you know, it's pretty wild, man. There's a lot that goes on. And I, not that I participated in any of it. I just kind of stood on the, the corner of the main boulevard there and watched what was going down. I was like, man, wow. Man, you don't got to lie here. Quit playing. <laughs> hey, all he does is take notes. <laughs> yeah, upside down with a fifth of Jack in his hand taking notes. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> uh, people go for it at that one. So, I mean, the craziest, uh, that would that would be it. I guess there's nothing really on track that jumps on me or, or, or on the sled on the sled, uh, sled pull area or anything that jumps on me as far as being crazy. But, you know, just... I guess some of the fun and, and the activities of, of the diesel enthusiasts around these events, those, that, that can get pretty interesting. It's pretty pretty wild. Yeah, it's a good group of guys. It's a good group yeah, of guys. Yeah, guys and, and honestly, um, guys and ladies. You know, one of the things that surprised me uh, was the involvement and the true hardcore enthusiasm that, you know, the women have, you know, be it with their boyfriends or their husbands or whatever have you, or or just on their own. I going to uh, like the Rudy's event or some of the events I've been to where uh, the, the girls are coming in in their own, I would perceive to be their own trucks, you know, they've got pink on them and all that kind of thing and the trucks are nice man and they're representing, you know, with their own rigs and, and it's like, man, that's, that's pretty cool it's, it's uh, across the board, you know. Absolutely, yeah, Pinky uh, Casey Hutton, April um, Browning uh Katie well, actually, Pajeska, Kelsey Epp, who was in Diesel Kelsey Power Epp. Challenge. You know, yeah. Kelsey's a, a big-time diesel, uh, diesel girl, and uh, she's, she's doing her thing. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. All them ladies out there killing it. Even uh, Mike Graves' wife does a bunch of the drag racing up there. Well, I, he says he's going to finally take her out of the driver's seat so he can try to get a good time in there, but we'll see. We'll see. Right on. <laughs> KJ, I really appreciate you joining us today. It's been such a blast to find out so much more inside information about Diesel Power Challenge and Diesel Power Magazine. 
you had mentioned people reaching out to you if uh, they had some cool projects. If somebody does want to get a hold of you, what's the best way for them to reach you? The best way to get us to get me is through email. Um, the diesel power at enthusiastnetwork.com. It's a, it's a mouthful. Diesel power at enthusiastnetwork.com is our primary mailbox, and I'm always looking in that. Actually, I've been checking that regularly now because we were receiving the electronic diesel power challenge entries through that mailbox. So oh, I'm always looking there. You can get me there. And um, let me add this. For people, the, the ages-old question of how can I get my truck in the magazine, um, first line of entry would be through Reader's Ride. And we have a specific mailbox for Reader's Ride, which is Diesel Power Rides. Diesel Power Rides at EnthusiastNetwork.com. Best bet is to submit um, a small write-up or look at the magazine and see how that information is presented. Just do the same thing about your truck and include a couple of good photos. And that's usually the best entry point for getting into Diesel Power Challenge. And from there, we have selected trucks that have been in the reader's rides that have, have grown into features. Um, so it's not, a, it's not a, a place where, okay, I'll just get it in this little one shot, one shot of the truck and so a blurb of information. People have evolved into features from reader's rides. I don't think that's not possible. So pretty much step one, if you want to get involved with Diesel Power Magazine or Diesel Power Challenge, get off your lazy ass and go buy a copy of Diesel Power Magazine. Absolutely. I love it. That's just sage advice. Absolutely. I feel like Go that's one on one. Everybody's November supposed to have that, yeah. <laughs> by the November issue. I love it. KJ, thanks again for joining us, man. We had a blast. I really appreciate it. Thank you guys. Paul and Danny, it's been great, man. Thank you very much. I appreciate your time. Let me on. Not a problem. This has been Paul Wilson. And I'm Danny Voss. Thanks for listening. Calibrated Power Solutions, the leading North American developer of clean diesel power and home of DuramaxTuner.com, is the proud sponsor of the Diesel Performance Podcast. Calibrated Power develops emissions equipped tunes for a wide variety of diesel powertrains, including the Duramax, Cummins, Jeep, John Deere, and many more. For more information and the best customer service in the industry, check out CalibratedPower.com or call 815-568-7920. That's 815-568-7920. To reach out to the Diesel Performance Podcast, send us a message through Facebook or email Paul at DuramaxTuner.com or Danny at DuramaxTuner.com. That's right. If you follow politics, you know what the Colbert bump is. This is officially the, the Danny and Paul podcast bump. Absolutely. Absolutely. I got you.